This song right here is dedicated to all my people that felt like giving up and you didn't think you was gonna make it. Bless them all the time. Check it out, y'all. I'm gonna hear it Get up. Get up. Get up. Okay, this is this is what we this is what we talked about last week, all on Twitter, all on Instagram. So, without further ado, the newest contributor to QP Sports Exchange, Coach T. He's also the host of Mud Talk podcast. Everybody, get out of listen because you're gonna get some real, you're gonna get some heat, and you're gonna get some things to think about. Coach T, how you doing? Man, you know, just just living life and just really feeling what happened yesterday. There was a lot that went on. So, we're going to get into it. So, the first thing is this. Talk to me about this Dallas game. Where do we start? <laughs> Where do you start, man? Do you, do you start with Dallas or do you start with Atlanta? I mean, to me... <laughs> so sad and it was so unprecedented. This is how unprecedented it was. Leading with a 15 point plus lead or more within with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter the record was 440 and 0 until yesterday. That makes it worse. Yeah. I mean when you hear when you hear stuff like that that makes it worse man. I just I don't know where, where to start with them, if it's front office, if it's the head coach. Because a lot of people really like are starting to say it's just the coach. Like, right. you, you, lose a, you lose the Super Bowl in that fashion. Yeah. And, and it, you just, you, you never shake it. Like, it's just, it's after you, man. It's, 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 a, it's a ghost haunting you in your sleep, man. And that's what's going on with them right now. They, they get tired early and, and you know, they have the talent at wide receiver. You know, Julio Jones, arguably, you know, one of the top three receivers in the game when when, when healthy. And Matt Ryan, he's serviceable. He can make it happen. Um, the tight end position's good. You got Calvin Ridley. You, I mean, when you look at the offense, the talent, you're like, on paper, they got it. Something's wrong, man. Something is wrong. 
after yesterday and after what happened with the onside kick, all that has to stop. I mean, I don't understand how Arthur Blank let the coach, the head coach on the on the plane. I don't know how the special team. I especially do not know how the special teams coach got on the plane after that. They watched the football. You're getting paid. How do you not know the rule? It was baffling to me to see that. And it happens to franchises like this. That's why, ATL, I got a lot of love for you. Okay? My daddy, Pensacola, Florida. So, Southern boy by heart. But you can't have nice things because of this. (laughs) You just can't. And one more and one more stat to throw at you so you know how serious this was. A team that has scored 39 points and had no turnovers has not lost a football game since 1954. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm starting to feel better about the Panthers. Right? like the dude in the neighborhood right that you know that he got a ton of charisma you know that he got some smarts on him right but he just can't get right you know what I'm saying it's that guy that you look at and you go if that guy just if he just if he just turned to God or if he just if somebody just got in his ear oh this I don't even know what his potential is like you said they building a legacy over there, right? You had Julio Jones, Alabama, Calvin Ridley, Alabama. Matt Ryan can sling the football. It seemed like the offensive line is good. I think it's a, a physicality mentality. I just think that they don't, like, they don't make people feel them. So, Dak was the first quarterback ever to throw for 400 yards and run for three touchdowns. You up huge. Shouldn't you let the dogs loose and go get the quarterback? Like, you up big. So, you know they have to throw the football, right? They have to get it downfield. How are you not sending dudes to go get him? You know, and and, and when you said stats, man, and I'm looking at him, I'm like, that's great. Like, first of all, that's going to 
he's the bag that he wants if he keeps putting on <laughs> No <laughs> doubt. But let, let's be clear, and I know we had this conversation, not to get off topic, but you can't ignore these stats and say that if he even puts up, you know, 450, 30, 34 completions out of 47 attempts, like the three touchdowns on the ground, one through the air, and then, of course, the comeback. Like, I mean, he's going to get the bag. Like, bro, he's going to get it. Like, if he keeps playing like this. And I, I can't be more happier for, for Dak, but, I mean, it sucks for Atlanta to let that happen and for him to put up those kind of numbers. They, like you said, they could just put him away. And they could have just, you know, uh, just to shut him up, man. But it just really, really went the opposite way for Atlanta. I think that that whole, you know, that conversation after the Super Bowl and we talk about being the laughing stock, I think that they're believing it. Like, they tell you not to read the paper, right? Not to get on social media and to read into everything that people are saying about your team. But it's like they're doing exactly that. And they're buying into what everybody's saying uh, the Atlanta Falcons are. And, and they're living up to that, man. And it's just it's silly and it's sad, man, that they're just falling apart, man. Uh, and, man, and it, I didn't even know that Julio Jones literally only had two catches. Yeah, he was silent. He was silent all game. They buttoned him up real nice, but Calvin Ridley showed out. The best part about the Dak thing is this. All Dak has to do when he goes and talks to Mr. Jones is this. Hey, bro, so you know, I'm worth way more than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm worth way more than Kirk Cousins. Did you see peak any of that? You know, I'm gonna be honest. I, I didn't watch the Vikings game, but it was hard to avoid Twitter, right? You know, oh. you get on Twitter and you, you look at everything, and then you, you see what everybody's saying. And I was surprised, and I told you this: like, there was a few teams I thought they was in the run you know, for the number one pick. Just just based on home paper and just projections for the season. And the Vikings were not on that list, like in my opinion. They weren't. And Kirk, you know, he, he played pretty good last year. You know, they got Dalvin Cook. And, and then I see what happened yesterday. And I'm like, they made me the quarterback. <laughs> they made me the quarterback. They played awful. And like you said, this is just adding to the fact, right, that, like, we were just, you know, alluding to the fact that Dak's going to get a bag. And, and he's playing a part in that now. Mm. Because he got paid, and he's playing awful. Oh. He's playing awful. And, man, like, yeah, that was bad, man. Uh, just looking up his numbers, man. I was trying to pull up his numbers from yesterday. Just to, just so I'm, I'm not misquoted um, here. Kirk Cousins' stats from yesterday. Now, while he's doing that, the one thing that I want to set up, because I'm going to lead him right into this, he's Carolina all day 24 7 365 so he reps carolina to the death so when i say tank for trevor he know exactly what i'm talking about uh-huh. you know it. he's yeah, a, he's about that life i appreciate that man. <laughs> exactly i'm with it i'm with it man. and the numbers are right here and i just wanted to make sure i was right i knew it Right. But it was more like under 125 yards. Like 11 out of 26, 113 yards, no touchdowns yesterday for Kirk Cousins. Okay. Uh, 
against, you know, a, a Colts team that I don't think anybody cares about. Like, I mean, yeah, they got Phillip Rivers, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, we look at the Colts. I mean, throw them in the list of, of a team that will end up in the top five of the draft. You know, to me, in my opinion, I mean, Phillip Rivers, he played here in NC State, a uh, ton of respect for him and everything, but I just don't think he makes a world of difference on that roster to, to take them anywhere. And, and for, for Kirk to go out against that team and play that bad, it's just awful. I mean, that one couldn't have a good game either, man. It, a lot of money tied up between those two players, man. So, a lot. So that's $33 million for Kirk Cousins, right? $33 a year. So my man Cam Newton on like a a one million one one point two five million contract. So you gonna tell me that all these quarterback hungry teams couldn't have used the twenty fifteen MVP? You know, <laughs> it's just flat out disrespectful. And, and, and you know my stance on this. Like when it comes to the Cam Newton situation, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you all the room you need, brother. Go ahead, preach. Go ahead, do it. Listen, listen, man. First of all, first of all, man. Shout out to all, all my Queen City, man. My Charlotte people, man. Y'all know, like we may be divided, but we're all Panthers fans. And I'm gonna tell you like this: the way they did, the way we did, Cam, is disrespectful, right? Okay. Um, we gave him nine years, and he gave us nine great years. Let's put it like that. Won an MVP, took us to the Super Bowl. Every time he steps on the field, he's breaking his own record. Every time he scores a rushing touchdown, he's breaking his own record for the rest of his career. It's like Steph Curry shooting a three-pointer. Every time, every time Steph goes up for a three, he's breaking his own record. And for somebody who gave us so much, we just flat out just let him go without any care in the world. And, it, and no, no, no tribute, no, uh, you know, no, no video on Twitter of, of Cam. Thank you, Cam. Uh, and I've seen them do it to every other player. Every other player. Luke Keekley just walked away. And, and, they, and they did the same thing for Luke. And they wonder why. Look, Cam's personality is what it is. All right? He is who he is. He, he's flamboyant. You know, he, he dresses the way he dressed. He, he, he's, a, he's a fashion killer. That's just who he is. Let's forget about all of that. Let's talk about on the field what Cam provided for the Carolina Panthers and how he literally took nothing to the Super Bowl. I mean, Name the players on that roster if you could. I mean, it was Ted Ginn, uh, was our best receiver. By the way, I'll repeat that. Ted Ginn Jr. was the number one wide receiver when the Panthers went to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton put a team on his back. You remember back when Allen Robinson took the Sixers to the NBA Finals? Oh yeah, that was against my that was against my Lakers, and I was I was very upset when he stepped over my dude. But then I said, "That's so gangster. That's so gangster." I was like, "He stepped over my dude." It was an epic moment. That was an epic moment that you will never forget. But that team, that '76ers team, I can compare to the Panthers team, right? Right. It was Allen Iverson and just a host of guys, right? Right.
And for that reason, he felt he felt disrespected. I, I still feel it. I still feel it to this day. And I'm the fan. I'm on the side of the fans here in Charlotte that won't let that go right now. And eventually, I'll have to, but I won't let it go. I, I won't, you know. And right. uh, I'm rooting for Cam in New England. I watched I watched a good bit of that game last night. And I hope he. I honestly hope he's in the running for MVP. MVP this year, and he takes them to the playoffs. But hey, shame on all the teams that didn't give him a chance. Because y'all, y'all only fed the beast. <laughs> y'all only fed the beast, and y'all, y'all gonna see what a hundred million dollar quarterback looks like. How's this though? We talked about management, right? So you could bring Cam back for one more season, build up his value, and then trade him off to a quarterback thirsty team. And you get something back of value? You couldn't do that? It all goes back to the front office, man. Like, we had this conversation the other day, and and unfortunately, being a, a Charlotte sport, sports fan, we we have similarities when it comes to our, our professional basketball team and our professional football team. The front office issues of just, just poor decision-making. The Cam Newton decision was similar to the Kimber Walker decision. You have to make a decision. At some point, if you know in your mind, right, that I don't want this this player anymore, that I, I, I'm the new owner, I want to establish my own culture, I want to find my own quarterback. If I know this, okay, why not go ahead and make a move and make this happen to where that we can get something back? That's That makes all the sense in the world, right? The same thing with Kimber Walker, right? Right. We literally kept Kimball Walker because the All-Star game was in Charlotte. To have a player from Charlotte. Like, how crazy is that, right? We keep him for the All-Star game, and then we let him walk. We didn't even try to trade him. We let him. We, we knew he wasn't coming back. We, this guy's going 50, 60 points. We knew he wasn't coming back, and, and, and we let him walk. We didn't try to trade him. When we could have got something for him, whether that was a late first-round pick, whatever. You know, a future pick. Some kind of package of, of players and picks, whatever could we could have got something we didn't, and the Panthers did the exact same thing mm. with Cam. It's almost like they're, you know, they're mimicking each other. You know, like monkey see, monkey do. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, you kidding? Me? Like Simon Says or whatever the case. It's just it's frustrating, man. Being a being a Charlotte sports fan, but it speaks to loyalty too, man. Like I love my city, man. I I have the right to talk the way I talk about it because I grew up here. You know, my teams are my teams. I ride and die for them. But the decision-making has just been very bad. It set us back years, man, seriously. It's one of those things where you sit there and you look at it and you understand who ownership is for the Hornets. And you go, I don't even know how this is even translating. How can you have the, the greatest basketball player, the greatest winner of all time? Now, you can make a case for LeBron being better than Michael. I know for some of y'all MJ fans, I know that might sound real crazy, but give me a little room. But the one thing you can never, ever, ever say, Michael was the ultimate winner. Six championships, six MVP finals MVPs. So he won. He know what winning is. There's no question about that. And you can't put a winning franchise together. I don't even know what to say to that. It just does not sound right to me. It's, uh, it has a lot to do with him just not getting out of his own way. You know, when you talk about the front office and you talk about 
everybody has a role, right? If, you know, if I hire you to be the general manager, or if I hire you to be um, director of operations, if I hire you to be the person that's going to be doing the scouting and the player development, that's your job. Let people do their jobs. You pay them to do their job. Not for you to jump in the way and say, all right, you know, forget about that. We're going to do this. Mm. And every time he's done that, it's led to just us being set back further and further. Like, if you look in the grand scheme of things, just look at his body of work from, a, you know, just in ownership. You know, you can even go back to the Wizards. The decision-making has always been poor with the draft picks. We never got it right. He's never got it right with the draft picks. And Kemba Walker was the one guy, and I can't even give him credit for getting that right. Like, Kemba, he's just one of those guys. It's in him, right? You, you, if you watch him at UConn, He's a dog. The guy, he, he's a dog. Like, he's yeah. a baller. You could you could put him, I mean, you put him in a concrete, you know what I'm saying? A rose going to grow. That's just him. He's that guy. Yeah. And, he, you know, unfortunately, he came to a team that just, an organization that just wasn't going to build around him and take advantage of the skill set and everything he brought to the table. The guy's a pillar in the community. He said the right things, never got in trouble off the floor, off the court, um, and gave you 110% every night. And we couldn't build around that guy. And you and you thought for one second that in, in his in prime of his career, he was about to come back, that, that we were going to, hey, Kimber, you know, come on back and play for us after all of this. No, he's not going to come back. And then on top of that, we lowballed him. Mm. So now we did, now we disrespected him. So now he's about to, he's about to run out the door. Now, and that's exactly what happened. And it's just our franchises, man, we, we don't have it figured out. So and, there, and being a, a Charlotte sports fan, for sure. So Charlotte Hornets plan B is like we can't get Kemba, so we're gonna get a, a, a so what we consider a, a facsimile in Terry Rozier. <laughs> Check it out again. You, you heard you heard me say this not too long ago. Our front offices are very similar. Okay, so let, let's let's dig a little deeper, right? We lose Kemba, we let him walk. All right, the fans are pissed. Excuse me pissed anybody who knows me i do my i i don't curse right i i don't you know what i'm saying like the fans were pissed like the social media was so bad for the hornets that they had to start following people they did this weird thing where they started following fans like people on instagram every week just to try to you know say hey i'm sorry you know that was their way of doing it um, through marketing or whatever you know what i'm saying but okay we let kimball walk and they give us they like Here's Terry Rozier. Um, here's the announcement. We got Terry Rozier. Like, okay, yeah. he's, he's a, a small guard. He showed flashes. Oh, yeah, he played for the team that Kimba's going to. That's supposed to make us feel better. Guess what, right? The Panthers did the same thing. And listen, let's be clear before I say this, man. I, Teddy Bridgewater is an awesome guy. Like, if you're going to root for anybody, you root for a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, right? He grew some injury, came back from the injury. He's a humble guy. Um, even I mean he doesn't even if he he makes a great play he's not hot, hot dogging on the field he you know gets back in the huddle he, you know gets back on the sideline I look I like Teddy the person but we let the best player the best the biggest star to ever walk in our city we let him go and we disrespectfully let him go and then they say oh yeah here's another black quarterback here's Teddy yeah. Bridgewater you know it, and, and we're supposed to be happy about that. No, man. Like, it's, it's, it, it, it was, it's, it's sad. It, it was just wrong. And it just shows that the front offices for, for both organizations, just they don't have it figured out. And I, and I would hope the, the Panthers 
are headed in a, a better direction because we, we, you know we just hired a host of you know coaches and you know staff members and we got the new owner going on and things like that and I, I don't hope but Marty Herney's still there so, so that, that's the part that kind of scares me um, but you know it's, it's just it's tough man being around here man for real like you, you got to be loyal to, to really continue to to root for the Panthers and the Hornets and I'm loyal because this is where I was born like I it was times I grew up in Charlotte where as a kid we, we didn't even have a team we didn't we didn't have a football team when I was a kid like, right um I watched the Hornets come and then leave you know oh, that's right. That's ownership, right. you know and, and and then we had the Bobcats that you know, was bad that was bad. Man, that's a whole conversation for another day. And, we gonna have that. We gonna definitely do sure. that one. So, so yeah, yeah. Being a Charlotte sports fan, it, that, that's loyalty at its finest, man. For sure. So now the one other thing that I want to kind of touch on is we had a rash of injuries yesterday and to all of them, every last one of them were critical to the success of their football team. San Francisco lost literally what half their defensive line yesterday. So we got that. Then they lose the quarterback. Then they lose the running back. We got Saquon Barkley. First of all, prayers up for Saquon Barkley because that dude is a is a beast, and he he he's done it the right way, and he's doing it in his community. And I just I want to send love to that brother because I want him to return just the way he left, jumping over sure. people, four three speed, and look like the second coming of Bo Jackson. Yeah, man, it's 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 tough when you when you you know when you see a player like that get hurt, man. Just because I mean he's still early in his career and he's he clearly has been dominating since the day he stepped on the field in the NFL. If you got to watch him in college at Penn State, the, the kid's been amazing. His work ethic, um, you know, it's just it, 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 I think that there's a direct connection with with players off the court and off the field. Um, character and, and, and the things that they get into um, and how they perform on the field. There's a connection there. And I think he's a good person, you know, a family-oriented guy. He works hard. And, you know, you hate to see a guy like that go down because those are the guys you want. Young high school athletes, young middle school athletes, you want them looking up to those kind of players and, and, and understanding that that's what's important. Right. Doing it the right way. Stuff off the field. Exactly. Doing, Doing it the, the right, right way. way. So, yeah. Seeing him get hurt was that that was that was tough, man. Just I don't know if I don't know how you feel about this, but we always as football fans, man, we, we start to, to really hate preseason, right? And and we got what we wanted this year, right? No right. preseason. But then we're watching these players get hurt and I'm asking myself, is preseason really that important for the conditioning and just um, players being where they need to be physically? when it's time to start playing the games that matter. So um, that, that's something I think the NFL is really going to have to think about um, going forward, that, that maybe the preseason is important, you know? And I just I just hate that, man. Those injuries were tough yesterday, man. 
very tough. At least have like scrimmages, you know, work on like two minute drill with another team. Just seeing a different jersey amps up the intensity level because you know how it is. You play ball T. So you're going up against your guy for three weeks. And yeah, you kind of go through the motions. But as soon as you saw a new another jersey, what happened? Light came on. Boom. Right? And that might be something they look into. I know for a fact that at least they're talking about two preseason games next year. But the injuries were, I mean, I was, it was anywhere rapid fire. It was like, bam, 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 bam. And all these dudes were hurt. And most of them you can really just see, oh, that's, that's, that's year ending. That season, his season is gone. Two games, you know, not even two games in, a game and a half in, and his season is over. So, yeah, they're going to have to do something. Uh, I do believe the lack of games or some sort of organized scrimmage really hurt them to see the rash of injuries so early in the season. Because that Drew Locke injury, that's an AC joint. So if I was Denver, I wouldn't even let that dude touch a football until next year. So and he's it's crazy because Denver, they were in a position where, like like many other teams, they, they thought they finally figured it out. Like at the quarterback position, they're like, okay, we got Drew Locke. You know, he, he's showing promise. We, we think that this year, regardless of our record, that we found our guy, you know, as long as he continues to progress. And then he gets hurt, and you're just like, man, like, you hate to see that happen, man. I don't, I don't think, and, and I mean this in, with everything in me, man, when I say this, because I know we had a conversation of us kind of jokingly saying that uh, we should, you know, the Panthers should find a way to have, have Christian McCaffrey sit out through the COVID, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, and, and this is no. I'm not making fun of COVID-19. I know it's, it's serious, man. People are sick and, and things have happened. And, and God, you know, God has covered me and my family and a lot of people I know to, to have been safe and, and things like that. Oh, hold on quick. By the way, this man right here, Kosti is doing some real good work in the Charlotte area. Um, when he talks about COVID-19 and sports and athletics, he's working with young men. Uh, what's the ages now? Yeah, so I have a, uh, I have a 15. Basically, I'll say age 13 through 15 uh, are the two teams that I have right now. So I have a 15U and a 14U team. Uh, of course, like I like I told you as well, I, I do training with small groups, kids of all ages. I you know I have a kid that I trained is is five years old, never played before. Uh, I just lo- I love the game, but. My team, of course, Milton Elite Basketball, we shut the season down due to COVID. It was just a decision I made with me and my wife, who uh, also, you know, she's my co-owner. Shouts out to my wife, man. Uh, she, she she goes by Ty, you know, her name's Tashiana, but she goes by Ty. Everybody knows her as Ty, man. She's my accountant. She's my, uh, you know, my bookkeeper, my, you know, she's my everything, man. So, so Milton Elite Basketball doesn't go without her, um, but we made a decision together to just basically – shut the season down and do what we thought was best. We didn't want to be a part of having our parents, even though we had parents that wanted to play. We didn't want to be a part of, we didn't, we didn't want to have our face on an organization, a business that made kids sign waivers 
to play. And if a kid gets COVID and he comes back home to maybe lives with his grandparents, maybe maybe he has a a parent with a compromised immune system or something like that, and then we just didn't want to be. I have to sleep at night. You get what I'm saying? Right. And, and, right. And it's bigger than basketball for me, so I, I just didn't want to be a part of that. Um, and it's, it's no, it's, it's nothing against the guys that made the decisions to, to play. And, and and hey, you know, to God be the glory that a lot of kids haven't got sick and, and have been playing in tournaments. So, but that's the decision we made, man. But yeah, man. So Milton Elite Basketball, that's what I do here, man. I, you know, I'm all about turning boys into men. You know, groom, grooming young young women to. To, to take the game of basketball and, and use it and um, turn it into real life skills, man, things that they can use in life. So I'm going to go ahead and say shout-out to Milton Elite, all you young cats out there. Yeah, we're shouting you out. And we're going to shout-out Ty, Coach T's queen, for holding it down, being co-owner. So definitely going to give love to the city of Charlotte and the good work that Coach T is doing for the youth of Charlotte. Western Conference Finals, 2.1 seconds to go. Talk me through that situation. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I told you this, right? Like, if Denver had any chance to win the game, to win a game, it was last night. Mm. LeBron, terrible second half. Uh, just He was just off, just all the way around. First half was awesome. Uh, the role players not making shots. You got Dwight Howard, who was just a different player um, in game two versus game one. Jokic was just, I mean, he wasn't in foul trouble. He was extremely aggressive. He was efficient. He wasn't missing free throws. He, I mean, he was doing everything he was supposed to do. And I think that they were in the perfect position to win this game. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, P.J. Dozier, listen, first of all, shouts out to the University of South Carolina because, you know, we're in North Carolina, so shouts out to the Gamecocks. You know, it's very rare that you talk about a player, a basketball player from the University of South Carolina that's in the NBA. Right. And this dates back to B.J. Mackey or, you know what I mean? Right. You, you, I mean, you go all the way back, right? But P.J. Dozier, who, who wasn't even supposed to be playing a, a, a role you know, in this team, especially in the playoffs. He, he gets time to play. And he made a couple amazing plays in the game, right? Right. But he missed all his free throws. He missed five free throws, right? Okay, Coach T, let me stop you real quick. You work with young men every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm old school. I'm going to take you back to the time of yesteryear. I grew up in a time where centers hit 77% of the free throws. Nobody was, I mean, it was rare you saw the guy shooting 55%. There was always that one cap. Well, usually your guys were like 67, and like 72 was low. And like your guards never shot 70. Your guards shot 80%, and that was like a bad year. What happened? 
like I guess ninety five and on, I guess. And you know what? I can't really put my finger on like exactly where it changed, but just based on today's game, when you look at um, you know, like I say, I coach AAU, so just looking at the AAU game, it's more about the flash, right? It's mm-hmm. more about it's it's less about the fundamentals, the footwork, the things that you're supposed to do right, the decision making, the leadership, you know, being coachable and things like that. It's less about all of that stuff and it's more about the flash. Like, okay, you can do a windmill in eighth grade or, you know, you can you can pull up from, from one step across half court. Or, you know, it's it's things like that. And, and and for that reason, the kids are caring less about making free throws. And look, I have a son that's in ninth grade, right? And I have a daughter that's in eighth grade. They both play basketball. And if anything can, can can send me there, and I mean like angry, you know, it's about missing free throws. I don't care if we're working out. It's just the three of us. When they miss free throws, it's something about that that just takes me through the roof. And I take it seriously because I come from an area where free throws were something you don't miss free throws. Like I don't, it, it, the coach takes you out the game because you go out there and you miss. I don't care if it's two and you miss one out of two. He gonna come sit you down and tell you like, "What's up?" Like you don't miss free throws. They're free. And to see P.J. Dozier miss those free throws, I knew it was going to cost Denver the game. I knew it was going to come back to the playoffs. And so because of five missed free throws, now they only have a one-point lead, right? Mm -hmm. They only have a one-point lead at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And it's 2.1 seconds in the half court. You got one of the best, arguably one of the best passes to ever play the game, and Rondo taking the ball out. And the defense was just clueless. They had no idea what Anthony Davis was. Like, if you rewind it and look at it, they literally, like, they pointed at him. Mason, Mason Plumley blew the switch. Blew the switch. Shouts out to Duke. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's your man's. That's yeah. your man's, Duke, Duke yeah. Devils. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's your man's. But, uh, Coach T know, is, is Tar Heel till he die. For sure. Chapel For sure. Hill all day long. So, yeah. sorry, Duke, Dukey fans, Cameron Crazies, and all that. They dropped the ball. They <laughs> dropped the ball on that one, man. And, and, and I know Coach K taught him better than that. But he, he, he pointed at my man. Like, it, I, okay, it is about to happen. You're right. It's about to happen, bro. Like, you didn't put any kind of – you didn't put up any kind of resistance. And, and this guy, he's he, look, he's like that. He can make that shot. He just did a step back three, seven. Like, come on, man. And he was ready for the moment, just like he said after the game. In 2.1 seconds, hey, they, they drew the play up for LeBron, clearly. That didn't work. I think it was a good decision getting into AD because LeBron just didn't have it rolling in the second half. AD was getting, in, you know, coming into a zone. And, you know, he, get, he gets the ball, and, and the rest is history, man. He knocks it down. His first, his first Western Conference Finals. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he just he's built for it, man. So I, I literally woke my kids up. They, you know, I would yeah. make them go to sleep early because of school and everything. Even though it's virtual, you still want to, you know, have them in a routine and everything. And you know, my wife, we went there watching the end. And as soon as he hit it, I'm like, ah, you know, like, dang, you know, my daughter hops up, like, what's going on? You know, y'all yeah. alright? Like, yeah, we good. You know? Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, you with her, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But yeah, that was that was crazy. That was crazy. That's so that was a classic. It was a good game. But. Two things stand out. First of all, that's not a six-two dude coming off the pick. That's a seven-footer, but that got guard skills <laughs> coming off. 
The second thing is, is that shout out to Coach Calipari and the Kentucky Wildcats. And I'll say this for this reason. Jamal Murray, Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, all from the University of Kentucky in the Western Conference Finals. So that dude is doing something right over there. And, they're, and they stay in the league. And that's the one thing that I wanted to get back to when you were talking about doing the fundamentals. What absolutely boggles my mind is that, like you said, they want to do the windmills and they want to do the crossovers and all that. But the little things are going to – like you, we talked about this before. Like let, less than 1% go to the league, right? Yeah, yeah. So if – Less than 1% go to the league, staying in the league, that has to even be lower. So if you're talking about a career that's only three years to a career that's eight years because you did the right thing, did the little things, it's not equating to me. Like, you, Are they at a point where they're, they're just told they're special, so it's like we don't have to work on this? And I really, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it comes back to the AAU game. Yeah. Like seriously, like, and I hate to keep mentioning that, but like, as a coach, and you know, like I said, I used to play ball growing up, and I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity, just due to, you know, the financial situations with my parents growing up. I grew up in the projects. Anybody who listen to Mud Talk the podcast, man, I talk about my, my, my upbringing and things like that, and it made me who I am. But right. growing up in that environment, AAU wasn't an option. Um, it cost a lot of money to play AAU, and so. Now these kids uh, who are playing, they feel a sense of uh, entitlement, you know, when they play the game. Like, because these coaches, they only care about winning. They care about uh, building the best brand possible. Like, they, they want everybody in the country to know their brand. Like, if they can pull this player from here because he can dunk and he can do a, a windmill on a fast break, they won't get him because their brand, their organization will get more attention. So we're getting away from teaching the kids what's important. Um, any kid who's played for me, right, it's about the money. Exactly. Yeah. It's about getting the contract with Adidas or getting the contract with Nike or whatever the case is. And if that's your route and you've been successful, hey, no knock on you, but I try to stand on what's right. That's that's what I that's what I stand for. And any kid who's played for me, they know at practice, coach don't do a lot of yelling. He don't do a lot of cursing. But what does coach get upset about? Free throw, missing free throws effort, um, you know, rebounding, defense, all the stuff that matters. Any any kid that's played for me, that's the stuff that frustrates me when I see a kid not giving effort on any of those things. But unfortunately, 90% of the AAU coaches don't think like that. It's about building the best roster with the, with the most flash, the most dash. Uh, how can I put it, man? The highlights. You know, we're trying to build a highlight reel. You know what I'm saying? That's how they look at it. And so ESPN Top that. 10 has ruined it for everybody. <laughs> exactly. And so these kids, you know, they don't care. They don't care about making free throws, right? They, yeah. they don't care about um, being a leader on the floor or, or showing great character or being a good teammate on the bench if you're not even in the game. They don't understand those things. And it starts with AAU because, I mean, honestly, kids are getting more chances during AAU to make it to college. You're seeing this in the NBA. You're seeing kids make it, right? Because right. of their athleticism, pure potential, and things like that. But then they get in the NBA, and it's a 6'5 point guard that can't make free throws. 
right. plays for four years and he can't make free throws. And, and that's what we got with P.J. Dozier. He played one year in South Carolina, ton of potential. Team went, you know, went deep, made a good run. Right. And, you know, he leaves and he gets to the NBA on potential. But now he finally gets his chance and he can't even make free throws. You get what I'm saying? The thing about it is that this is not going to be a situation where P.J. Dozier is ever going to sign like a four-year deal for like 60 or $70 million. He's not that player. So what he needs to do is really get into that gym and really look at himself in the mirror and say, okay, what am I going to have to do to stay in the league and continue to provide for my family? And hopefully he has somebody in his ear that will get him to the gym. Yeah. Hopefully I there's one the person. <laughs> yeah, no. It, that didn't work. Yeah. No. I, I would have been I would have went to sleep last night. Uh, like, I would have went to sleep, but after that game, coach, hey, coach Malone, I'm I'm headed to the gym. You feel me? Like I missed five free throws when you stuck with me. Like I wasn't even in the rotation. And you put me in the game. Wasn't even in the rotation. And you know, I feel bad for him, but in a way, it's just I'm seeing what I already see in the game today. Mm. In the youth, in, in the youth basketball, is mm. that kids are caring more about the flash more than the substance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The stuff that really matters. You get know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I honestly uh, believe that we're coming to a situation where, unfortunately, we're gonna see some of the opportunities that were provided in the 90s and the 2000s that were for African-American community to go to the NBA. I think the European game is going to take an even bigger slice as we go within the next four or five years because if you notice, it's positionless basketball and it's about skill. It's about can you shoot? Can you dribble? Can you pass? Like, and not just one person. The one thing about Denver is that you saw last night, and it was beautiful to watch. Their passing to get an open shot is beautiful to watch. Because they find the open man, and it might take four passes, but it's going to be a wide open look. Wide open. And the more you can do stuff like that, and the more that's your you're in your bag to do, that's the type of player they're going to want. So I wonder if we're going to get maybe like a, I mean, I think we already got one, a European Larry Bird, but that dude down in Dallas looks real, real nice. Oh, you like that? Yo, oh, like that, that dude is about that life. Because I saw like him go up against Kawhi and say, I don't sweat you, dude. I can I'm get by you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So. But that goes back to like what we was just saying, like the youth basketball in the country here here in America is different. You get what I'm saying? Right. You got kids overseas that are playing pro at an early age. Right. So they're being taught how to be a pro. They're being taught the fundamentals. They're being taught um, everything that's important about playing a game of basketball. And, and, and it's not about the flash, right? But in turn, you see a kid like that come over here and he's more prepared to play and, and, and to succeed in the pros versus a kid that's coming, you know, out of high school that plays one year in college 
who basically lived off of just being told you're the best thing since sliced bread, but wasn't actually working on the little things, right? right. And that's why I'm so afraid, and I hate to, I'm not trying to get off topic, but as a Hornets fan, we got the number three pick in the draft. Oh. Problems in our front office, right? Where you but think you're going? Pick. Where you think you're going with that pick? <laughs> listen, man, listen. Um, <laughs> yo, it's hard for me to try to be positive about it. Right. And I'm a positive guy. I know. Anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm a, I'm a glass half full type guy. That's just who I am. By the I way, yeah. by the way, this dude, when he says glass half full, everything he's done, like I said, check the podcast out. Mud Talk Podcast, grassroots, coming from nothing, glass half full has been his mantra. For sure, for sure, man. And like, like I was saying, man, like I think. If, if I had the choice, like right now, to if I was a betting man, I would bet on the Hornets messing it up. Just not getting it right. Just not getting it right. Like taking a player that is not going to either work out or taking the safe pick because that's all we've done. And instead of, you know, taking a risk or, you know, doing something like that on a, on a kid from overseas that may be ready to play, um, we'll, we'll draft a kid in college that, you know, had a bunch of hype and will get to the pros and get exposed, you know, and that's just that's just who we are as, as a franchise, as an organization. And it's, it's unfortunate, man, but that's that's what I think will happen with the number three pick. What I want to happen, mm. uh, I, would, I would love to see us. You know, get the kid from Georgia. I would love. I, I would even take Lamelo Ball. I would even take Lamelo Ball just just to, you know, get a kid that's been playing pro. And I know he comes with a lot with his dad and all yeah. that stuff. But just as far as skill, um, a, a, a tall point guard, something we we've never had around here, um, who can shoot the three, who can pass the ball, who knows how to play the game, and he's played pro for a whole a whole year overseas. I would I would take a kid like Lamelo Ball if we had a chance to get him. Um, but you know, definitely Anthony Edwards would be my guy. Mm. If we could get him, but I think he'll be gone. I just think he's a dog. I think you know, no pun intended, he played for the Georgia Bulldogs. But I, I, I just think he's he's like that. I think he's the next guy that's just gonna be, you know, a superstar in the league. Man, I, I see it. I see it out of, out of Anthony Edwards for sure. I think that people are going to sleep on James Wiseman, and I think. It's going to take somebody who will be able to maximize his skill set and understand that there is a place for a big man in this game. Because nobody boxes out anymore. I don't have to worry about that. And now he's taller than everybody else. So I have that as well. And I don't think he's just a rim runner. I think he can knock down an 18 to 20 footer at a pretty high clip where it's something that you have to worry about. So... I think teams are going to sleep on him, and then he's going to fall to, like, seven or something. Ain't going to turn out. I hope that for him because I really do, did not like the way the NCAA did him. Yeah. It, I was, it was crazy, it was crazy to me. Crazy, crazy to me. And it, and, it goes, and it goes to show, like, and I'm, I'm sure we'll do an episode about this in the future, man, just talking about just that whole situation in itself with the NCAA. You got so many kids that come from backgrounds that, I mean, how, how else are they going to get there? You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, these AAU coaches, they're doing everything. You know, they're paying for them the hot planes. They're paying for the shoes. They're paying for the food, the hotel rooms. They're doing all of that. But 
when you get to college, it's against the rules. You get what I'm saying? You can't do that. And so if a kid can't make money off his own likeness and his name to to um, get his mom an apartment to live up there, whatever the case is, you know, now he's in a position where he has to accept illegal benefits, right? And and, and do things like that. Like I can't be mad at him. He wanted oh, no. his mom. That he needed his mom up there, right? right? You know, so. Ultimately, I think, you know, Penny Hardaway, you know, he did, you know, what he thought was right. Right. You know what I mean? And trying to help the kid out and stuff like that. But like you say, I mean, James Wiseman, honestly, man, if he went to a team like Golden State, I could see that working for them. Do you know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. He got the shooters. He got, he, got, he got vets. He got a great coach. It's it's all about getting into the right situation. But you flip the, you flip the table with James Wiseman came to Charlotte. It would be awful. Oh, you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. he doesn't have anything. This this system is not set up for James Wiseman to come in here and thrive. It's set up for Anthony Edwards. It's set up for a Lamelo Ball who's not going to care. He's just going to come here and ball out. Right. You know, uh, James Wiseman. I think he's going to need a system. Like he doesn't. It, don't send him to the Knicks. Don't, no. Don't no. Him, no. 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 To the Hornets. You know what I'm no. Like, By the way, we. Sacramento. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You know, no. No. Yeah. Let's not put the juju. On uh, on James Wiseman. Do not send him yeah. to the Knicks. No. Nah. No, no, no. Yeah, I can see. Hey, New York, we love you. We got love for you. For we sure, just yeah. think, we just think your management situation is kind of like the Charlotte situation. Exactly. We, there's somebody we running around and there's no head on it, and it's just doing whatever, you know. So, we just we want y'all to lock in on some. Some grown folks who understand how to build a team and then let the coach do it. Oh, and by the way, tell your owner, just, hey, man, play your music, bro. Worry about your cash and worry about marketing the team. Don't worry about these picks. This ain't for you. Let the grown folks handle this and stop tripping. What's up? <laughs> that's, what, that's what's up. Yeah, I'm, you know. I don't want him to go to Golden State either because I'm a Laker fan. So, no, we don't want him to go. So, sorry, hey, Golden State, Bay Area. I love y'all. Oak Town, I love y'all. But I don't want I don't want strength in numbers in James Wiseman. That's not what I want. Y'all get y'all. Yeah, y'all get y'all another little wing player. So, y'all still be itty-bitty. But leave the seven-foot with seven-foot-seven wingspans alone. From for that's sure. my PSA from a Lake as the Laker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but, hey, but if anything, the Lakers ready. They got three seven footers and they ready. You know uh, what I'm saying? Like they got they got the bodies. You know what I'm saying? They built for it, and I think that the fact that they have that right now setting them apart. You know, from all the teams that are left right now, because I mean, you compare any matchup and you say that the Lakers are in the best position to win the title because of you know, the personnel groupings that they can put on the floor. Like, I mean, who has to go up against three seven-footers? Like, you got a skilled seven-footer who's arguably the best defender in the league. Um, got snubbed on defensive player of the year. Um, then, then you got, you know, JaVale McGee, who's going to block shots all day and get you okay. 120%. You got Dwight Howard, former defensive player, and he's playing up to a, a, a level right now with LeBron that we haven't seen out of Dwight Howard in a long time. When you see Dwight Howard blocking shots, catching alleys, making free throws, 
It's called Dwight. Yeah, Dwight got some want to right now. That's the thing. The last five years, he's been faking and jaking. But to this year, he got some want to. And that's why he's balling out. So that's, that's that situation. But the other thing that's quiet as kept with that is that people just like, I mean, I don't think they understand LeBron is 250 pounds. So not only do you have the seven footers, but you got this freight train that is faster than you coming at you and has the agility to get beyond you and make you look foolish at 35 years old. For sure. <laughs> it, is, it is funny because everybody think, man, like I'm on Twitter doing football and basketball games because it's just crazy. It's just, it's just a madhouse on there. And you just get to see what people are saying, the celebrities and stuff like that. And it's amazing when LeBron goes to the basket. Everybody's like, especially like the people that don't like LeBron. Oh, that's a charge. Look, dog, that's a freight train coming in. If you ain't ready, you ain't ready. Like, let's just say that. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to take LeBron coming through the paint, you know, at full speed. I got to make a business decision right now. For sure. (laughs) Exactly. And he going to make the shot. You going to fall and he going to make the shot. And it's like, you know, you got to deal with that. You got to deal with Dwight Howard. He rocked up. You got to deal with, like I say, JaVale McGee. They just have the players around them that understand that it's more than the game. It's the mental aspect of the game in the playoffs. You know, you got, you know, uh, Caldwell Pope, who people don't really give credit where credit is due. He's, he's turned into a great shooter. Um, he, he's consistent at the three ball. He plays defense. And he's tough. You know what I'm saying? And the Lakers have a lot of those type of players on their team. You got Danny Green. And that's you know, he's tough. and the key to that also is he's six six. Exactly. Athletic, can guard. He knows he knows to make the right plays on the floor. He's been there. It's just that roster is just built to go. Um and I I, I ultimately think it's gonna be Lakers heat. Uh, Ooh, okay. You call you calling that. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lakers Heat. Okay. Uh, I just, I just think that's the matchup at this point that everybody probably wants to see. I think the Celtics are almost there. They're probably a year away. I have the Celtics going. I, I mean, this was before the, you know, before the series. I always try to put it out there. Listen, me and Coach T, we not real hard to find. Okay. On all his social media, it's the same exact thing. Exactly. At Mud Talk Podcast. You can go find him. He, when he says something, he ain't hard to find. Just like me, you can find me on Twitter. Get that, get that QP Sports Exchange Twitter, and handle that because these picks are already set. So he's calling Miami. I'm calling Boston. We both got the Lakers. So have at that. But I got Boston for one reason only. I still think that. Miami has two bad shooting games in them. I think they've been hot. They've been shooting very well. But I think that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and the rest of that squad can really lock up if they got their mind right. And I think they can do that. And now with these, these couple days off that they have, they can regroup, get all that poison that they had out their system after game two and say, okay, can we go ahead and try to make this a series because if they come out it's the same thing in game four this series is over like they don't they're not gonna play like six 
or anything like that. They're going to have to come with a real mindset for game four. So we'll see how it go. We'll it's, see. It's interesting, man. It's, it's interesting because, like, when you look at the Boston Celtics, and I'm going to be honest, like, just because Miami has just played so phenomenal, we're almost blinded by the fact that Boston hasn't really even – scratch the surface with all their talent on their team and I think that's why when you when, when you when you're making that pick in Boston you're thinking okay what happens when Kimba has a full game what mm-hmm. happens when Tatum actually has a, a good game but mm-hmm. all of, all the way around right doesn't make the dumb decisions you know down the stretch what happens when Jalen Brown plays good if they, they're all on the same page like we've seen the Miami Heat be they can be dangerous, right? And, and, and that's what we're looking at, right? Um, they have the pieces, but I think Miami, right, they're just playing with house money right now. You know what I'm saying? And, like, and that's a team to me that's just scary because Butler's playing like he don't care. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> I was literally I was about to shout him out. Jimmy Butler, shouts out to you, player, because I'm going to tell you right now, for all those people in Minnesota – we love you, but I'm going to tell you right now, your management told everybody he was a cancer. Philadelphia, you got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid all up in their feelings, listening to Drake and all that, listening to some old school, like, Petty Tendergrass or something like that. Listen, that dude is not a cancer. Look at what they were last year and what they are with Jimmy, and you tell me if he's a cancer or not. It's, a, it's an interesting um, fact is that, like you say, Philly last year was this team of destiny, right? Like, we were saying, like, man, that Philly team, they were they were one shot away from going to, you know, the NBA Finals. You get what I'm saying? Like, and that was with Jimmy Butler being on that roster, right? And then, you know, you take a step back and you say, okay, Jimmy, when he played with the Timberwolves, that, that was a different team, right? It's, it's hard for these kids to really adapt to a guy like Jimmy Butler who wants to win, right, at all costs, and he's going to be up front. He's, he's, he's going to be, you know, real with you. You're going to keep it 100 with you on how you're playing. You're playing soft. You're playing soft. Facts. And they, they didn't like that. They ain't like that. And, and, and the fact that Jimmy was like that, okay, he's a cancer. But if I got a guy in my locker room that's like that, and, you know, I'm that player that got all the talent, but, you know, I'm showing some soft tendencies, hey, I need I need a player like Jimmy Butler to help get me over the over the hump. You know what I'm saying? And that's a part of the reason why Andrew Wiggins ain't there no more. You know that team took took a whole another direction. Carl Anthony Towns, who we know got all the skill in the world, but mm. where the toughness at? Where the heart at? You get what I'm saying? Like, and and that's what Jimmy Butler was saying. But they made him out to be the enemy. But now you see Jimmy Butler getting up in the face of Tyler Hero because he didn't pass it to him when he was wide open. And, you know, this was, I think this was what uh, had to be game one. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler was just rocking and rolling. And Tyler Hero had the ball at the top. Jimmy was open on the wing, wide open. He didn't pass it to him. He tried to pass it to, uh, what's my man with the ponytail? Uh, oh, Kelly Kelly Olenek. Yeah, Olenek. Yeah. He tried to give it to Olenek. It was a turnover. <laughs> and he tell him, like, bro, I was wide open. Like, why you ain't pass me the ball? Like, he held him accountable. You know what I'm saying? Tyler Hero didn't run and hide from that. That made him better. You get what I'm saying? The kid got a lot of talent. Right. It takes players like Jimmy Butler exposing him in those moments where he, he made bad decisions and just letting them know, giving them tough love, it's going to make him better. You get what I'm saying? And those players, they just weren't ready to be to get better. They weren't ready for a guy like Jimmy Butler. And 
they, they didn't understand his value. But now they see it. <laughs> they sit at home watching the games like me and you, and they see it. You get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, man. Car Anthony Towns has no business sitting at home being outside the bubble, whether he was a 7C or 8C or 6C. That dude, by himself, should be able, with the talent that he has, should be able to help that team get to the playoffs. Because it is, it's, there's too much talent there. And it's just, it's a mentality. Do you have it or do you not? And, oh, that brings me to one thing, because you'll know what I'm talking about. Sam Perkins, that's who Carl Anthony Towns remind me of. Sam Perkins. My boy Sam. My boy Sam. Sam was a Tar Heel, man. He, uh, hey. Sam Perkins, man. Hey, <laughs> Tar Heel Nation, man. You know we love you, man. But that's a good comparison. Yeah. You know, it's like it's there talent-wise. But between the ears, it's like, mm. do I really have it? You know what I'm saying? Like, on any given night, do I really have it in me to want to, like, be a dog tonight? You know what I'm saying? Like, Could Coach T I, can, hit? I can see that comparison. Here's the thing. I can see that. Okay, kids out there, YouTube Robert Ori, and I don't care if you YouTube Robert Ori in Houston or the Lakers or San Antonio, YouTube Robert Ori, because if you look at him, Sam Perkins was – Ori before that, but Ori had clutch gene. Mm-hmm. That's 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 an amazing comparison. Amazing comparison because when you look at Ori when he first came in the league, he was he showed a lot of flashes of you know the dunks and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't the Robert Ori that we seen in the end making the big shots and things like that, big shot Rob whatever like that. But I remember watching him for Houston like as, as a younger player, and I'm like, man, he was dunking, he was doing all kind of stuff. Like he had it. But he didn't have it. Like, it was between the ears, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, at some point in time, he got complacent with just who he was. And he just, he never strived to be anything better. He had he had all the tools, man. Talk long, athletic. And, you know, all of a sudden, he just turned into a, a spot-up three-point shooter. You know? And that was it. And that was Sam Perkins. Like, I mean, it was the same. That that comparison is crazy, man. You, you spot on with that one, for real. Oh, yeah. Sam's my guy, man. Oh. <laughs> Sam's my guy, man. I love Sam. Let me tell you, you know, something. I never met him personally, man, but I, I watched him play a lot. Yeah. He played on that on that uh, finals team with Magic, with Jordan. Let me tell you something. I love me some Sam Perkins. Mm-hmm. That dude mm-hmm. can shoot the rock. And he, quite as kept, was also on a team that had problems, kind of like the Charlotte Hornets. We're taking you way back, kids, okay? Sam Perkins played on the team with Roy Tarkley. And that dude, you're talking about untapped or unfulfilled potential. That's my, that's my go-to guy when I talk about, do you have a dude that you grew up with, that grew up in the hood with you, right? That really... He's been down with you since day one. But he can also tell you, hey, bro, we can't do this. There's too much There's too much on the line for us to do this right here. So let's go ahead and leave. Let everybody handle else their situation. But you and I, and we're going to protect your money. We're going we're gonna to protect your, your kids' money and their kids' money because we're going to leave. 
Roy Tarpley is my literal poster child for that dude. I tell you what, man, like, when you put it like that, when you say that, you're, you're saying, did, did I have a guy like that for me? Or, yeah. like, growing up, Just, I, I probably think I was that guy. To there other it is. Guys. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. like, because I wasn't, I wasn't a superstar, you know, I was happy to, you know, I was a hard worker, um, I made the team just because I wanted it, you know, probably more than the next guy beside me. But at the same time, the off-the-court decisions, I knew what to do, like in the hallway, you know, how to conduct myself, um, you know, not getting in a fight in school and getting kicked out of school or something like that. Um, so I probably was that guy to, to, to tell another guy, hey, man, no, we got to go. You know what I'm saying? We can't be here. No. And I, I think that's something that, I've been able to carry with me in my adult life too, because now I'm at a stage where, I, look, I'm from the projects, but that don't mean I got to be there hanging out. Now I do, I do give. I've done back to school drives in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm from, like every year, just the third year in a row. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving away book bags, or money, shoes, whatever, because them kids they in the same position I was in. You get what I'm saying? And so if I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there on some positive stuff, like trying to build. You know what I mean? And, and give, you know, give kids hope, like legitimate hope. You know, and so I'm probably I'm I'm that guy, but because I'm from there, don't mean I gotta hang out there and be in situations where I'm putting myself at risk from from you know not coming back home to my family or something like that. But you know, a lot of these guys they don't have that guy. You feel me? Like I was telling you earlier when we spoke earlier this week, I was like, man, a lot of these dudes, man, they failed because they, they they had the wrong people around them, and that can be the, that that can mean a world of difference when it comes to you know having a long career and, and a, you know, ending up broke and out the league and, you know what I mean, back to square one. So, you know, you're definitely having the right people. And like you say, having that guy that's going to tell you, hey, man, we got to go. Or that girl saying, hey, babe, we can't be here. You feel me? Like, people, you know, it's yeah. a pride thing, too. It's yeah. a pride thing, too. You feel me? Like, you get that money and you think that, okay, now I got to be here. I got to show up. That, you know what I mean? I got to be here, be there. But, nah, the reality is, man, you got blessed. So now you need to be a blessing to other people. And and you can't be a blessing to other people being over there. You feel me? And like it's just sad to see it a lot, man, with, with people, man, for sure. So to the lottery picks out there and to the gentlemen who aren't playing football because of COVID nineteen and you're about to go into the league, how that one dude or that, that one that one person that's that you can be vulnerable to and they can give you <clears throat> constructive criticism. You know. Make sure you got that one person that can give you that love, but that tough love that you need. Because, listen, the NFL stands for not for long. So it's a business. You can either do business or have business done to you. So it's going to be on you how you choose to handle your situation. Don't have Coach T and me up here talking about you three years from now talking about, Oh, that dude's out the league. Second pick in the drive, he out the league. Don't be that guy. Don't be Anthony Bennett. Mm, mm. And I'm going to tell you like this, man. If you're having them issues right now, man, already, man, reach out to me at Mud Talk the Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter. Look, my DM wide open. It's wide open to talk to people at all times about whatever, man. Anybody who knows me, I'm all about preaching positivity and not just preaching it, man, but leading by example. Because I come from the streets, I come from the projects, I come from, you know, a single parent household, and 
you know, dropped out of school, you know, got involved in stuff I shouldn't have got involved in. And, I, you know, through the grace of God, I overcame a lot. So if you want to talk to anybody about direction and, 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 and about doing the right thing and, and how that can affect your future, I'm your guy. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather you reach out to somebody. If you don't, if you don't have nobody, talk to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm open for that, too. And it's free. I ain't charging nobody. That's right. And, yo, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, we talking to y'all. Like, let's let's be real. I'm biracial. have a, a um, African-American father, a white mother, spent time in Pensacola, Florida, you know, all that. Dealt with a lot of stuff. But we want to make sure that brothers get opportunities so then they can take care of generations. We trying to, we trying to build the brand where people are seeing us, and I, I include myself in that, seeing us as legitimate people, because that's what we are. We gotta build our brand. We can't be out here running wild, doing stupid stuff, hitting on women, all of that. Listen, if you get money, or you about to get money, you about to go into a completely different stratosphere than you ever been in, grab that one dude that can tell you no and can look you in the eye so you can continue to propel us to that next level because we need to get to that level so our brothers and sisters out here don't get shot for like a simple traffic violation or just sleeping in their bed and getting shot at. So they got to start seeing us as people and the only way to do that is to elevate our brand and the only way to do that is to conduct ourselves accordingly. For sure. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Uh, you know, one thing about me, man, you know, we talk about this and I, I definitely don't try to push my religion on everybody, man, because that's not, that's not my purpose, you feel me? But like, uh, one thing God says, you know, be fruitful and, and, and multiply. You get what I'm saying? And like, you know, you on, you on, you're being fruitful because you're on that court and you're on that field. You're just going to touch down. You're just going to butt. You're being fruitful. Now when you get that money, man, you got to multiply, meaning, hey, you were successful getting to the league, right? How can you multiply? All right, take that money, take take your, you know, take the power that you have in that platform and, and, and help other people. You get what I'm saying? In a positive way, help guide other people, man, because uh, it's one thing to give to charity and just have that on your resume. When you get your gift, man, you just got to definitely be fruitful and multiply, man. That, that's the way to go, man, for sure. Absolutely. And those guys, they, they got to they gotta know that, man. You know, and a lot of them, they don't. You feel me? They they get the money, and they're around a bunch of people that just want to be around them because they have the money, man. And, that, and that's, the, that's the downside of it, man. So they need guidance, man. They, they need more people. Like I say, again, hey, at Mother Talk, the podcast, reach out to me, man. Let's talk. Let's chop it up. You know, let's, let's, let's steer you in the right direction, man. Listen, Coach T and Vince got you covered. If you need some some guidance if you need just some something that uplifts you if you need something that's gonna make you think okay i can go this route or i can go that route you're gonna get it here you're gonna get the real right here because trust and believe if you don't act right in your league we're gonna talk about you we're gonna talk about you you know but at the end of the day is this, is that you want that guy to reach his full potential. 
It is not about, oh, did he win MVP and did he do this and did he do that in the league? Listen, my um, Jalen Rose always talks about winning at the game of life. And I love that. Like, shouts out to you, Jalen Rose. You my dude, Fab Five. I love you, bro. And by the way, shouts out to Chris Weber because if anybody did not hear what he said during the uh, TNT broadcast when they boycotted for a couple games, go YouTube that because it was one of the most eloquent but raw, and he was speaking about the hood. He was speaking about, he was speaking to you because this is what this is all about. Coast T is about uplifting people and giving them opportunities. I'll talk to Coach T about that my dream with this podcast and with the platform that I have is this, is that, oh, it's not just going to be me. That's why, that's why God brought Coach T to me so we could do this for you, to bring this fire for you. And we're going to try to give all the branches to people and give them opportunities in this game as well because if you have something to talk about if you love college football if you are into recruiting if you're into baseball if you're into recruiting of basketball we need you this is a grassroots type situation i want all the talented young people to come this way i'll give you a platform no problem whatsoever you go off and make your money at espn you know, if I can be a little bit a part of that, I've done my job. You know, this is not just like we're going to just come down on you. We want to make sure that we lifting people up and trying to give them the best opportunity that we can possibly give them. Because we are tired of seeing people who look a lot like Coach T ending up on a simple traffic violation. Now they're in a morgue. Those things cannot happen anymore. And the more we start treating ourselves better, start treating our ladies better, fellas, I'm talking to y'all. Treat your lady better. Your mama, your mama raised you. And if your mama didn't raise you, your grandmama raised you. And you know what it's all about. Listen, don't be sleeping around on your girl. about Dwayne House talk to me about that situation in that series about my man getting involved with the COVID-19 tester now is this the situation where he let another another one he tried to get the woman in the bubble was that was this this the situation oh that we're talking about oh he would the COVID-19 tester who was a young lady was caught in his suite now, if you don't have the background on this, Coastie, I'll, I'll give it to you, and then I'm going to allow you to go ahead and, and speak on this because I know you got worse. But sure. my man has a beautiful wife. My man has three beautiful kids. And he has now, he, kicked, he got kicked out the bubble, and then his team got kicked out the bubble by the Lakers. Tell me how that works out where you now 
you putting a lot of stuff in jeopardy. A lot yeah. of stuff. So ultimately, man, when, when you when you talk about that type of stuff, man, it's unfortunate first and foremost. Uh, secondly, it's just like it, it comes all it, it all comes back to the guidance, man. You know, you gotta have a strong man around you. You know, one thing about me is that I tend to kind of roll solo for the most part. I have, I have a friend that's this, you know, like a brother to me. He's married. Um, I have another, you know, friend that's like a brother. He's in a serious relationship, probably eventually will get married. I think you have to surround yourself with people that are, are similar to, to where you're at and where, and, where, and where you're headed so that you can get that proper support. You get what I'm saying? Because if not, you're going to tend to make the decisions that you, you got no business making. You get what I'm saying? And so, like, ultimately... You know, especially when you're a, a professional athlete and, and, and women are throwing themselves at you just because of, of your financials. Right. It has nothing to do with who you are inside, outside. It's just it's all about your financial situation. So, um, and a lot of guys aren't used to that. And when they don't have the proper circle around them and support system around them, man, they're going to make boneheaded decisions, man. And I see that. I see that's what happens. You know what I mean? Because for me, I can be away from my family, but ultimately, they're my strength. You get what I'm saying? So, like, I can't really go too far without talking to them, FaceTiming them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, having their love. And I think that, you know, maybe that speaks to his family situation at home. You know, who knows, you know, what's really going on? I don't know him personally. Right. But I think that, you know, there's some things at home that you're going to have to, you know, definitely sure up, man. But that's... That's, that's definitely tough, man. That's definitely tough, man. Because, I mean, number one, if you're a part of a team that's serious about winning the championship, they're going to be on your neck for doing something stupid like that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, and it's the same. same no Williams. doubt. Williams was in the club. Oh, come on, man. And his squad, hey, they eventually ended up being put out. You get what I'm saying? It's, hey, it's a chemistry thing. Like, it's a brotherhood. You feel me? Like, hey. I'm, I'm, I'm as responsible for you as I am for myself if I'm the leader of this team. So, like, uh, we can't let stuff like that happen. Sure. Yeah, you can't go to the strip club and get chicken wings when you're trying to get a title. That's, nah, that's, a, that's a no-go. Don't go. It don't work. No. It don't work like that. I got one other thing to say. We're going to definitely um, throw some love to, to a gentleman, and we're going to talk about a little bit about his story. But the one thing I'll follow up with this is that Character is not what you're doing in front of people. It's what you do when there's nobody around. So keep that in mind, you know, and it goes back to that old saying, listen, if you can't tell your mama what you're doing, then you probably shouldn't do it anyway. For sure. And I think, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that, um, again, like I told you, I have two teenagers. You know what I'm saying? And my son's playing high school basketball. He come from a situation where in middle school, um, he was the man on the team. You know what I'm saying? The team went as far as he did. So when kids were doing things and saying things they shouldn't shouldn't be saying, you know, he could step up and, you know, let his voice be, be heard and be a leader. But now he's going into a situation where, you know, you're playing varsity basketball against kids that are 17, 18 years old. And, you know, they might be cursing and, and you know, talking about all kind of stuff, and he, he's now like, "Well, Dad, what do I do?" I'm like, "You just don't do what they doing." You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, like you say, character is about 
when nobody's looking, what do you do? Look, dad can't be at your practices no more. I, I don't care if the coach invite me, I'm still not coming because you're around young men and you got to used to be. You got to get used to being around that that environment, being right. in that environment. So having that character is going to take you a long way. Understanding, you know, but you know, you got to have you got to have it in you, and you got to have a support system too, man. So a lot of kids uh, don't have that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that's what Milton Elite Basketball come in. You feel me? Like that's my sole mission. You know what I mean? To, right. to grab a kid that's one foot, you know, into the dangerous water. You know what I'm saying? And take him and, and really mold him into to to an upstanding citizen, man. It's gonna be successful in life, man, based on his character. Yet alone, you know, I we ain't talking about basketball, just his character alone. But yeah, man, that that's that's what it means for me when we talk about character on the court. You just gotta make you gotta know what's for you, what's not for you. You don't gotta do it because everybody else doing it. You know? And that that's the biggest thing with me. Uh there's a there's a wonderful podcast about Coach T talking about his uncles. So I implore you to listen to Mud Talk podcast because he talks about how his uncles individually helped him. So here's the one thing. I always, I always believe in this. I am a follower of Christ. I believe that, that there's, there's people out there that God places in your life to guide you. And all you have to do is ask God for help. And it'll come. You don't know what form it's going to come, but it's going to come, you know. And sometimes it's not going to happen in the time frame you're looking at, but trust and believe. It all works out in the end. For sure. Always. Definitely. Um, you know, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that, you know, it's been a pleasure to, number one, meet you uh, the way we did because, again, I tell this to, like to my players, like I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. You know, you can, you can come to me. I'm approachable, and that's the same way I carry myself on social, social media. Like, there's plenty of people that might slide in my DM on some other stuff, and I might not respond because it's just not, it's not what God would want me to do. You know, like if you're talking about something that's just, I just, I, I got to nope, I can't, I can't answer that DM. No. Nope, I ain't gonna block you, but I ain't gonna answer. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe eventually you looking at my page over time, it might change you. You might tap into my podcast and hear something that might change you. But what you're talking about in my DM, I can't even respond to that. You know what I'm saying? But um, just just being approachable, you know, and and, and because of that, when you reached out to me, it was like, boom, hey, what's up, bro? Let's, you know what I'm saying? And and it led to us having a conversation and, and, you know, it led to this. So like you say, man, God works in mysterious ways. you know, I, I pray over everything that I do, that, that I'm fruitful and, and that I'm able to multiply. And, and here's multiplication right in front of you right now. You know, Mother talked the podcast, now we're multiplying. You know what I'm saying? We're on the sports exchange, you feel me? Like, so it's just, it's, it's exactly what God wants. You know what I'm saying? Like, take your gifts and, and multiply, you know? That's for sure. And then we're going to end the podcast with this because something happened yesterday. On Sunday Night Football actually happened in the morning, and we want to definitely give a shout-out to James White, the uh, running back of the New England Patriots. Um, Also went to the University of Wisconsin, showed out there. They call him Sweet Feet. Um, James found out early Sunday that uh, his dad had uh, passed away in a fatal car crash. His mother is in critical condition, and we just want to send our love, our energy, and our support to James White 
of the New England Patriots. Two eight, we love you too, bro. So um, we just we just really praying for you, praying for your family, and we hope that um your mom makes a recovery. As far as that's concerned, man, we are we are invoking God and His healing powers for that, and just keep your family strong, bro. For sure, man. You know, uh, shouts out to James White's family, like you said. Uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you know. God, God puts us in every situation for a reason. Um, you know, we're praying. You know, it take, it take other strong believers and and praying people to pray for other people. You know what I'm saying? And that's exactly what we're gonna do for you, man. Hope you hope you can get through it, and, and uh, hope your mom can get through it. We, we I can't imagine what you're dealing with, but I know that God has answered for everything, and we're gonna pray for you for sure. Yeah, I lost my sister um, January third, twenty eighteen. My sister was uh, about 16, young, 16 years younger than me. Uh, when she was born, I was um, I was 16, and and I was kind of a dad to her, and I got to really raise her because my mom was a single mom, so I know exactly, Kosi, I know how you feel. Um, and she was working and trying to put food on the table, so I was with my sister a lot. And, you know, I did the diaper changes, the feeding, the, all of that. And um, I got the call uh, from the coroner's office. And, you know, she was into some, some real hardcore stuff. She was into heroin and whatever. She had lost her way. Uh, one of the last conversations that we had, I told her, because <clears throat> my mom was experiencing some health issues. And I told her, I said, listen, we love you. And there's always a, a way back, sweetheart. You know, we love you very much. And she didn't make it back. And that hurt. You know, I can, it resonates with me now. now I use it as fuel every single day because when I look at her daughter, I see her. Um, and I pour all my energy into her. Um, just trying to give back because I, you know, I want to make sure she's safe and she's good and just try to help her become the woman that, that God wants her to be. So when you, when you lose somebody and it's like that, it's instant. It's not just gut wrenching, but the ripple effect is so, it's so crazy because I think all the time about, you know, her mom is not going to see her go to prom, you know? So for the young people out there, these streets don't love you. That's for sure. And if you haven't got anything but from this podcast is that you find yourself a mentor. You find yourself a person in business if that's what you want to go into. You find your person in science if that's what you want to go into, don't worry about your friends who telling you science not cool. If that's what you want to do. You find yourself a mentor. You you get you some people around you that don't tell you no, nah, you can't do that. You get some people around you that say why not? Because this this is how this came about. I reached out to this man and said, hey, I got this podcast I'm doing. I really like your vibe, and we got to talking. And this is what came of it. And this is the type of stuff that you're going to get each and every week. Uh, 
Coach T has signed on to do this uh, for us each and every week. Every week is not going to be heavy. There's going to be some jokes. Um, yes, sir. But we are definitely going to give it to you real, and we definitely are trying to get to the younger generation. And this is really how you reach them through social media, podcasts, things like that, because they're always on the go. They always got something to do. They're always preoccupied. So we just want to slow you down a little bit and let you know that we've been through some stuff and we just don't want you to go through it. <laughs> Facts. Just listen to us, man. I know, uh, you know, just to kind of sum it up, man, I think it's, it's hard for young people today in 2020 to even listen to their parents, yet alone want to listen to somebody else. But when they see you on social media and they like, look at this dude, he look cool, you know what I mean? This, that, and the third. And then you hear what I'm, you know, what I'm talking to you about. And I can tell you that, hey, man, there's a life waiting on you that doesn't involve you having to do any of the stuff that you believe in that you got to do right now. You know, when we can reach kids and make them understand that part, then, hey, man, this is all, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's victory. You know what I'm saying? So, hey. I'm happy to be here with you, bro, man. I'm glad we're able to make this happen. Um, I'm excited to be here. And, and, and we I'm looking forward to some fun episodes, man. We're going to talk sports a lot. Like I said, we're going to joke a lot. Yeah. I do have a sense of humor. Uh, I know that, you know, we had a lot of, you know, serious stuff that we talked about today. But at the same time, it's, it's life, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to keep 100, man. You can't fake it. Oh, no. We never going to fake the funk <laughs> on a nasty dunk. Never, ever, ever going to fake the funk on a nasty dunk. What's so, what's up? What's up? All, all right. So, so this is it. This is the the episode that everybody's been waiting for. I told you that I was going to get contributors, and no, I didn't get just like a late first round pick. No, I got a lottery pick. I got the first pick in the draft. Coach T coming on board, doing it real, real big for QP Sports Exchange. And I'm gonna just tell you right now, love, peace. And we out. So we're going to go ahead and get into these picks now. The games that are coming up this Sunday. First of all, we will go ahead and get the Thursday night game in. That's Dolphins and Jaguars. Jaguars are favored by three points. Usually with this is that, I mean, everybody knows the whole situation with Vegas. Usually if you are a three-point favorite at home it's just the home field advantage obviously because of the fact that we don't have fans in the stands there's no real home field advantage um the fake crowd noise doesn't seem to bother the offense that's what we've seen in week one and week two with that being said what are we looking at what we're looking at is that Gardner Mishu is playing well well enough to win games really his defense is not helping him so he's going to have to do a lot to win. The thing about it is, is that he is playing the Dolphins. And Miami, remember what we talked about. Winning is not what you're looking at right now. You're just building for the future and allowing Tua to be completely healthy. You're allowing Tua to 
learn the NFL life and you're asking yourself to just get his feet wet towards the end of the year. Now, I understand that you would love to see him right now, and that's truly understandable. But at this point, you just really want to kind of, for the future of your franchise, you really don't want to see Tua right now. You want to allow him to soak it all in, get to around week 12 at least, and then go from there. He's your franchise. He's your future. He is your hope. So relax. If the games are close, if the games are competitive, great. If they're not, that's okay too because another piece to the puzzle will come next year. I say that the Jaguars go ahead and cover. I'm going to look at a 24-20 game, extremely competitive. Now, the rest of the week, getting into Sunday, we're looking at Chicago at Atlanta. Now, Atlanta has, wow. We went in on UATL earlier, and sometimes the truth hurts. But you, your offense has played well. Um, you made some huge mistakes. And now you have the Bears coming in. I don't look at the Bears as 2-0, and I'm still impressed. I'm going to need something else. I'm going to need a little bit more. But see, the line is 3.5. So here's what I'm going to do with this is I'm going to go ahead and say that the Falcons are not going to actually, yeah, it's 3.5. So I'm going to say the Falcons are not going to cover. They might win. It might be a, a situation where a 31-30 victory looks good, field goal at the end of the game. You're at home, Atlanta, give the ATL something to hoop about, yell about, get inspired about. So Falcons, looks like you might get your first dub of the year. The Bengals are going to Philadelphia. So this is a battle of two zero oh, and 2 teams. You're looking at a situation now where it's just – a real, it's a problem for a lot of people. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Eagles are supposed to win this division. They were supposed to battle Dallas. There are reports coming out of Philadelphia that Carson Wentz is audibly at the line and changing the play from Doug Peterson. This reminds me of one of my favorite movies of all time, Every Given Sunday or in the sports genre, where Steeman Willie Beeman is changing the plays at the line of Al Pacino, the coach at the time. Doug Peterson is a great offensive mind. Carson Wentz should try to learn at the hip of Doug Peterson. If this is true, if he's changing the plays at the offensive line, then I think Philadelphia might be in a lot more trouble. They might be looking at a long season. So these two guys need to find a way to get on the same page and get it going in a real way. And they need to do that soon. Joe Burrow has looked every bit the first round pick, the number one overall pick. I like his game. I like his moxie. I just think right now it's just his offensive line is not really that great. And we talked about if he had the weapons that were conducive for him. Now, I hear that T. Wiggins is going to get a start this week. I don't know if that changes things for him. In the Cincinnati Eagles game is six. Eagles are favored by six. 
that tells you a lot of what they think of the potential of the Philadelphia Eagles and how they're not living up to it. Sorry, Philly fan. Um, I actually have a, a, a friend of mine who's a real Philly fan, and she is going to be out of her mind with this 0-2 start and everything that's going on. So, yeah, it's tough right now, Christina. It's tough for you. It's tough for a lot of Philly fans out there who are going through it, thought they were going to have a great season. With this game being six, it's a large number for a team who's really struggling. But if the Eagles are who they who I think they were at the beginning of the year, this should be a cover and they should win. And it should be somewhere in the range of thirty four twenty three Eagles win at the link. The Raiders travel to New England. New England's favored by six and a half. Now, on this note, I was impressed by the victory that the Vegas Raiders had. They beat a good football team. But I was also impressed by Cam. And I was impressed by his leadership. I was impressed by he looked like the guy from 2015. Maybe not as explosive. He doesn't have the weapons. Six and a half is a big number for New England to cover. I'm going to go ahead and say they do not cover. Bill Belichick doesn't care about that. The win, yes. But the cover, he doesn't care. This game is going to be 26-21, 26-23. That's what I see in this game. The 2-0 Rams go to Buffalo. Bill's Mafia, your boy looks good. Josh Allen, welcome to the quarterback club. He looks good. Looks like he's um, adapting well. If he can get rid of being erratic, Buffalo might have found something. I actually was really worried about the Rams game. Even though I picked them last week, I was really worried. I didn't know what our defense was going to do. And actually, I didn't know what our offense was going to do. This looks eerily familiar as far as the Rams' offense. It looks like the offense from a couple years ago. Now, Vegas has Buffalo favored by two and a half. You know what I say about that. If you're there favored by three or whatever case may be, that's just Vegas trying to get action on both sides. I'm going to pick the Rams in an upset. Whose house? Rams' house. We're looking 28-24. The poor Texans, they're in a, they're in a world of trouble right now. They're 0-2. They're struggling. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is killing it in Arizona in the desert. And their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, doesn't have the weapons that he needs to do his job. BLB, you need to get it together. Texans fans, you deserve better. Bill O'Brien, unfortunately, he might be a very good coach. But this GM thing is not for him. I've said that in earlier podcasts, but I'm really seeing it, and I'm just hoping that a 0-3 start doesn't put them in a situation where they start turning on one another in that locker room. The Steelers are favored. That defense looks so nasty right now, and I'm, I feel for Deshaun Watson because I think he's going to be running for his life. Steelers are going to go 3-0. and They're going to win this game. It's going to be 27-20. to They're going to cover 
and the Texans are really going to be searching for answers. And what happens after Sunday will be really interesting in Houston. Could they be looking for two coaches in Houston? Basketball team, football team. I don't know. We'll see. Tennessee goes to Minnesota. Now, we talked a little bit about Kirk Cousins. We talked about Kirk Cousins earlier in the podcast and how inept he's being. A lot of people really believe that he's going to find a way to turn it around. And the Tennessee Titans, I was a skeptic when I walked into the first part of the year. My preview on you is I was not real high on your quarterback situation. And I was not real high on running it back. But you know what? The formula is working. I was wrong. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'll be the first one to stand up, say I was wrong. Hey, Tennessee fans, I am sorry. You deserve that apology. Your team is rolling exactly the same formula as last year. A lot of Derrick Henry, a little bit of Tannehill, field position, defense plays well, win close games. And that's it. It's not how much you win by, it's that you just go ahead and win. Tennessee is favorite by two and a half in Minnesota. Mm, tells you all you need to know, right? For Minnesota to win this game, Davin Cook is just going to have to go off. He's going to have to be the back that is getting paid what he's getting paid now. Because he got an extension, so he's going to have to carry that team. Vikings fans, you got to get this game. This this one, you have to win. So I think it's a, it's a panic situation. I'm going to go ahead and say the Vikings upset Tennessee, and they win 24-23, like last-second field goal. Cowboys at Seahawks. Well, as far as both these teams are concerned, obviously impressive victories last week. Very close, nip-tuck victories last week. Cowboy Nation, oof, y'all lucked up. Y'all know that, right? I mean, you can go ahead and say, great victory, gutty win, but you know, and I know, that you guys weren't supposed to be there, and you were. So they're going up to Seattle. The good thing about this is, is that even if Cowboys lose this game, that division is absolutely terrible, and it's an embarrassment to the NFL right now. Seahawks are favored by four and a half. Here's one thing. When you see two teams that, to me, are on paper very close together, and, you know, Dallas fans, I give it to you. You do have a tremendous roster, but I believe in when you are a it's close as far as the rosters are concerned, the better quarterback wins, and the better quarterback is Russell Wilson. Hashtag let Russ cook, and he's been doing that. And he'll continue on Sunday. Now, the point spread is four and a half. So, do you trust Dallas enough to cover? That's what we're talking about. I don't believe they'll win, but can they cover? And they do have enough offense to cover. This could turn out to be a shootout because I don't, I still do, do not think that Seattle can stop Ezekiel Elliott. So, if that's the case, I think you're looking at a real, real close game. It might be that Russ is going to carry the team and win 31-30. Is this how it's going to be for the rest of the year 
for the Seahawks. They got to get that interior line together and start getting after people and start was winning the physical battle up front. Detroit travels to Arizona. Now, Kyler Murray has looked awesome. That kid has looked great. The Lions have looked like the Lions. It's amazing to me that team can't get it together. The Cardinals are favored by five and a half. There's no way they should cover, honestly. There's no way they should cover. But if Detroit continues to shoot themselves in the foot, this is exactly what's going to happen. I expect the Arizona Cardinals to be 3-0. and I think this might be a fun game, though. I think this might be one of those games that we go, ooh, there's a lot going on. I'm going to go ahead and call it 37-34, Arizona wins. The Packers travel. The 49ers are going to the Giants. They're going back to the turf that caused all the injuries. Psychologically, I wonder what that does to them. Quarterback out, running back out, defensive stalwart, Bosa's out, interior defensive lineman out. It's a mash unit. The Giants are 0-2, lost to Quan Barkley. I don't think they have what it takes without Saquon Barkley to win. Now it's do the 49ers cover, and I just don't see that either. Now, if Daniel Jones can not turn the ball over, this is going to be a very, very close and competitive game. If he turns the ball over, this is not going to be close. He needs to find his tight end. That connection that was working last year needs to now commence to work this year. Hopefully in practice this week, they are like hanging out and vibing and getting their uh, tight end to quarterback ESP back. I'm going to go ahead and say the 49ers win this game in a close one, 20, 20 to 17. The Washington franchise travels to the dog pound in Cleveland. Cleveland, y'all didn't cover. I told you you wouldn't, but you was going to get a W. Congratulations, you did. And congratulations, you should win again this week. Baker, take care of the football. Get it to your weapons. They have a good running game, the Cleveland Browns do. They're favored by seven. Vegas does not believe in Dwayne Haskins. They do not at all. I just don't think he has the weapons. So Cleveland, I think you get your second victory of the year. And you will take it. But 27, 21, no cover. The Jets traveled to Indianapolis. Well, Jet fans, I told you, Adam Gase, nah-uh. That dude is not good. Not good at all. You're going to go ahead and have to fire your coach. I told you, you could go 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and eight, But if you go 5-11, and 11, you're going to have to fire your coach. 
yo, he's helping me out right now. He's making me look real, real good. Thank you, Adam Gase. I appreciate that. The Colts are favored by 10 and a half. There is absolutely no respect for the Jets whatsoever. And you know what? Here's the deal. I believe they're going to get cooked in Indy. Donald just doesn't have the support that he needs. And now that uh, Bell is hurt, I think you're looking at a situation where that 10 and a half, as big as it is, and that's a huge point spread in, in professional football. Now, we see it a lot in college, but 10 and a half is huge in professional football. Phillip Rivers is going to probably just dissect them. And what you're going to look at is you're going to see at the end of that game, it's probably a score of something like 34 to 20. I honestly believe that Darnell is a good quarterback. I saw him at USC, and as much as I do not like USC, shout out to my boy, Coach T, who was on early in the podcast. Just like he doesn't like Duke, I don't like USC because I'm a UCLA fan. But I believe that Darnold is a good quarterback, and I just think that he has been snake-bit by the organization, the management, and the coach. Carolina is traveling to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. So, okay, let's set the scene. The Chargers take the field. Tyrod Taylor is warming up, getting ready to go, getting ready to do his thing. He had a previous injury from the week before. And as he's warming up, coach, I can't go. Chest hurts. In in steps Justin Herbert, the rookie out of Oregon. I told you, Charger fans, the few of you that are out there, that Justin Herbert should not touch the field until, like, week nine. You wanted to allow him to soak in the NFL experience and, and look awesome carrying a clipboard. But he came in, and he looked. He looked good. I mean, looked good. Had that team in a position to win. Kansas City did come back and win that game, but he looked very good. He did make a mistake running to his left and then throwing back right. That was crazy. Those are the type of things you can get out of your rookie. But here's the thing. Carolina, not good at all. So this is kind of like a get-right game. So I don't know. Right now what what we've been told is that Tyrod Taylor might not play in that game again, so it will be Justin Herbert. Now, Coach Anthony Lynn has said that once Tyrod Taylor comes back, he's going to get his job back. I can't if he – listen – I cannot even see how Taylor gets his job back if Herbert gets a couple more weeks to play. And he plays exactly exactly the way he did against Kansas City. You know, 
similar numbers. That's what I'm saying. Not, you know, not better, not worse, just similar numbers. If he plays exactly the way he's played in the first game, the next two or three, there's no way that Tyrod Taylor gets his job back. Chargers are favored by six and a half. I think that's because McCaffrey's out. They don't have a lot of talent. And listen, Coach T, it's okay, bro. You know how you know how it's going down. Y'all taking for Trevor anyway. Six and a half, go ahead and lay that because the Chargers should win 31 to 20. Actually, probably 31 to 17. So the Tampa Bay goes to the Broncos. Another get-right game for Tom Brady. Drew Locke is hurt. Cortland Sutton is hurt. They lost Von Miller before this, the season started. This is another game for Tom Terrific to feast on. At least get a W. There's been a lot of talk. This week about the New Orleans Saints and, and their quarterback situation and whether he's shot or whether he's done or whatever the case may be, all that. But at the end of the day, you know, these are older quarterbacks. You know, you were starting to see it. I told you, Tom wasn't throwing the football the way he was throwing the football a couple of years ago last year. I saw it. But they're going to win this game. And they should roll into Maha Stadium on a real situation and go ahead and take care of business and beat this team down. So Brady is one of those guys that likes to make statements. He likes to put it to people when the whispers come up. So I can see a game where it turns out 38-20. Brady looks good. The Sunday night game is Green Bay in Nolens. Drew Brees, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of chatter, a lot of chatter that he doesn't look the same. The thing about it is, is that truth be told, he's had an amazing career. He's no doubt first ballot Hall of Famer. But this might be the end of the line for him. It might not come back. He might be a guy now that needs all the requisite talent around him to win games. So, which makes this even more terrible for Atlanta, who, if you look at it, if Tampa and New Orleans are in your division and you're seeing the, you're seeing the, the cracks in the foundation with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. This could have been your year, but you can't get out your own way. So New Orleans, this is a game where you're at home. Yes, you don't have the crowd. And here's the deal. Aaron Rodgers is coming to town. Nobody's questioning Aaron Rodgers' arm strength. So with that being said, New Orleans is one and one right now. If Aaron Rodgers can get the running game that he got last week from Aaron Williams, they're going to win this game. Sunday Night Football is going to be lit. 
37-34 Packers win. And then the final game, the Monday night game, Chiefs versus Ravens. Come on now. This is about as good as it gets. This is must-see TV. Y'all, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's your anniversary. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, fellas. DVR the game. Not joking about that. Don't miss that out. I mean, this game should be electrifying. Two of the best going at it. Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. Both playing well. Mahomes got chased around a lot against a good Charger defense. The Ravens have been playing defense too if they can get ahead. So who do you trust early? Do you trust Kansas City or do you trust Baltimore? Ravens are favored by three and a half. This might be the game that I would just tell you to enjoy. Don't bet on this game. Now, you got to have some action on this game. The over-under might be the thing to look at because the over-under is 53 and a half. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way. I don't see that at all. I mean, I know that they can play close to the vest, but this should be a shootout. Take the over by a lot. Like, I'm recording this podcast on, on Monday and Tuesday. So maybe the over-under might bump up a little bit. Maybe it'll get to 55. But if you can get it at 53 and a half, take it. Get that money. That might be where the action is. Hell with the game. Hell with who's going to win, whatever. I still got the Ravens winning that game. Action Jackson gets it done. Does it real, real big. And the reigning champs, will the chase will be on to catch the Ravens for best record in the AFC. But that's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait to watch it. And you know we're going to talk about it because it's going to be super lit. But those are the picks for the week. Um, I have this up tomorrow. And what I want to tell you guys is that uh, we are just, man, we are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for you guys turning in. Um, these picks are for you guys. Do what you want. If you're trying to just be the man around the water cooler, do your thing. If you are trying to, you know, pad that income a little bit, I got you. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and shut this down. So we'll see you next week on QP Sports Exchange. This song right here is dedicated to all my people that felt like giving up and you didn't think you were going to make it. Bless us all the time. Check it out, y'all. I'm going to hear it go. Get up. Yeah.